Welcome to Cut Out the Crazy with Beretta Fleur, a podcast that invites you to elevate your life experience through improving your relationships, personal growth, and career. Find more content, including free coaching videos, emails, and a free assessment quiz on BerettaFleur.com. Hello and welcome into another episode of Cut Out the Crazy with Beretta Fleur. I'm your host, Beretta Fleur. I'm an author, content creator, and confidence coach, helping people just like you lead happier, healthier, more fulfilled lives. And I do that through my coaching, content, and storytelling. So glad to be here with you. Thank you for joining me here today. I hope you are good wherever you are. This week, I am coming to you for a very special podcast episode on my birthday week. I'm experiencing some thoughts on aging, and so I thought it would be appropriate to share the topic of aging and my thoughts on that with you. I don't know if you have your little birthday traditions. Mine tend to go along with the start of summer. I'm actually as old as the movie Jaws. <laughs> so summer has always been kind of the kickoff to my birthday celebratory month, I guess. And that goes hand in hand with watching the movie Jaws, <laughs> going to the beach. A um, little weird, but that's kind of what I do. What do you do? I'd be curious to hear. If you want to get in touch with me socially, you can always follow me on Instagram. Instagram, and I'm also on TikTok, and both of those handles are Beretta Fleur. Would love to hear from you and have you join in the conversation. So birthdays, as well as the turn of seasons or maybe anniversaries in general, tend to give us pause and remind us that time is moving forward and we are aging. In this episode, I wanted to go over the three main ways in which we handle and face aging. I also wanted to go into why we fear aging. Then I want to offer up some of my perspective and tools for handling aging if you're finding that that's a little bit difficult for you so that you can live your life with more purpose and less stress when it comes to dealing with feeling that you're aging or the reality of aging or the fear of aging. I'm not going to do an exercise this episode. I'm just going to share my thoughts. So please relax, sit back wherever you are, and let's get started. So going into the three main ways that we deal with aging... And when considered in and of themselves, these ways that we deal with aging can be kind of detrimental. But if used in moderation and balance with each other, they can all actually be beneficial, peaceful, and fulfilling ways of handling aging. So as I go over these three ways of aging, just kind of ruminate on if that might be you, if that might be what you're doing. And if any of these speak to you, just sit back and go with me on this journey of working through those ways that we deal with aging. And after we go over these, I'm going to give you some tools and perspective so that you can be overall more peaceful about it. So the first way that we sometimes deal with aging is because it's a loss, it's kind of a form of daily surrender and it might even have a grieving element to it because it's a loss, we tend to ignore it. So the first way we sometimes deal with aging is to ignore it. In a world where we applaud gain and accumulating things and accomplishments, it's sometimes weird to balance that with the reality that as we age every day, we are losing time and our bodies are growing and changing 
but also moving in the direction of deterioration and disintegration. So it's no surprise that many of us live in denial of this and pretend like it isn't happening. Like we don't even want to think about it. Some of the ways in which we might manifest this ignoring or denial of aging is that we might keep acting like we did 10, 20, 30 years ago. And what I mean is not developing new habits. You're kind of doing the same things that you used to do 10, 20, 30 years ago. You might not make new friends or develop any new hobbies or interests or go new places. You might find that you're in a career rut. You might find that you keep going to school over and over and over again, even though you are educated. You might find that you feel the need to keep going back and stay in that realm, and you might even make a home for yourself in academia. There's nothing wrong with all of these things. It's morally neutral, but it can kind of stagnate you, and it can all of a sudden be very abrupt if you're doing the same things over and over and over again. People talk about that sensation of you wake up one day and you're 40. And it's like, ah, and oh my gosh, I've been doing the same things and now I'm old and what am I doing? So that isn't necessarily terrible, but it can lead to that jarring sensation of not admitting that time is passing, right? If you're doing the same things over and over and over again, one day you do wake up and it's like, oh, <laughs> hello, I'm 45. So uh. so that can be the kind of situation that you find yourself in. And it may not lead you to live the most fulfilling life that you possibly could. The second way we might deal with aging is to fight against it. This could be a helpful experience or coping mechanism, or it could be a damaging one because it can mean we have accepted aging or that we may not be making peace with it. And that's for you to decide and determine inside your own self. But how we might manifest fighting against aging is we might seek treatments for beauty in our faces and our bodies which again, this is moral neutrality. There's nothing good or bad or right or wrong about it. But if it's in a response to fear or anger against aging, that cannot lead to the happiest life experience for you. Another way that we might fight aging is that we can become heavily regimented about new habits such as strict diets, strict skincare regimens, exercise and fitness. And again, this is morally neutral. There's no right or wrong thing about becoming very regimented about habits to try and preserve where we are physically as far as aging. But again, that can also take away from the sense of happiness and peace and rest in your life. The third way we react to aging is that we embrace it wholly and are at peace with it. And again, this may go hand in hand with fighting it or even ignoring it to a certain extent. It's probably the best way to deal with aging, but that's not to say that, you know, the first and second ways in which we handle aging can't be integrated into making peace and embracing things wholly. In my recent podcast, I discussed a phrase to consider that was in dealing with knowing your worth and your value. And the phrase was, it belongs to the ages. And this can apply to being at peace with the past 
being in the past. And it can also be a helpful sort of mantra or a phrase to say to yourself when dealing with the reality of aging. The main marker we sometimes have in this life is to compare whatever's going on with us now in the present to the person we were in the past. And sometimes we try to go back to being that person. And this can especially happen if we deal with something traumatic and we just want to go back in time like it never happened or we experience a physical loss or a physical trauma or maybe a sickness. And the goal is we want to get back to that person that we were before, that existence that we were before in time. But it's important to understand that life carries us forward. And while we can reconnect with old hobbies or old friends or old interests, or even be drawn back physically to where we came from, and we can heal, our bodies, ourselves, and our experiences, and our characters propel us forward. So there's no going back. It belongs to the ages. And that can be a hard thing to deal with emotionally. Catcher in the Rye was one of my favorite books growing up. I don't know if you've read it. It used to be the standard reading when I was growing up. <laughs> this podcast is all about dating myself, by the way. Um, but I loved it because it dealt with adventure and angst. <laughs> so many of the things that resonate with being a teenager. And it was assigned in our class and I finished it in one day and I was like, I am Holden Caulfield. <laughs> but... The protagonist, Holden Caulfield, he's basically, the narrative is he's stuck in the past. So in this case, grief and loss, he lost a brother that he really cared about who was sick. His brother passed away and he just, he's stuck. You find out through the reading of the book that he's just stuck in this place of grief and loss. And while his life is propelling him forward... And it leads him to being completely unhappy and full of angst and just kind of lost and not able to succeed in his life. And it's only when he releases this idea of never moving forward and growing up and making peace with time moving forward that he can develop as a person and start healing and moving on. And that is the main thing that I think is when we embrace aging and when we embrace the fact that we're aging and we're wholly at peace with it, it's that sort of state of mind. So next I want to go into why we fear and reject the idea of aging and why it's so scary and why it's so hard to get to that place of peace. So why do we fear or reject the idea of aging? Sometimes our issues with aging can be because of that fear or that inability to let go of something in our history or our past. And this might be a regret or a traumatic event or a loss. Something in our lives has happened and it's just really hard for us to get past, right? But whether we like it or not, time is going to move us forward, friends. Our, our lives will continue to propel us forward. And until we can make our peace with this, it can be hard to embrace aging and embrace the future. Sometimes we have a fear of aging because to us, aging means entering into the realm of failing health and bodily decay. 
That can be tough, especially if we watched a loved one or a family member get sick and eventually pass on. You know, the older we get, the more we think, oh, you know, at this age, my aunt had passed away, or at this age, my father or mother had passed away, or people I know are being diagnosed with all these sicknesses. It can be scary. It's very scary. And so the idea of getting old, while it is essentially a privilege and it's the alternative is to pass away, and so it's nice that we're still here, it gets kind of scarier and scarier the older you get. And the ways that we can deal with that is, well, we can take care of ourselves with checkups. We can take care of our aging bodies with maintenance and regimens. But mentally, I think it also has to do with being okay with physical aging and learning how to dress your body if it's changing. Maybe if you've had kids, your body has changed and you're like, I wish I could get back to how I was before I had kids and you just can't. And then there's this feeling of failure rather than understanding that, hey, a life occurrence has happened, a huge one, a major one. You have brought another human into this world. This is what your body is now. Your body has been used for that purpose. And after that purpose, sometimes your body changes. And rather than being okay with that and accepting that that is a fact of life, we fight it. And we're like, no, bring me back to when I was 25 and I didn't have a kid yet. I don't want this new shape. I want my hips to be narrower again. I want my breasts to be not as saggy or full or want my high, cute, perky breasts from (laughs) when I was 21. And that can't always happen. You know, you hear about dad bod all the time, getting older and being dads, and all of a sudden they have dad bod. And it's something that we've made light fun of, but that can be really devastating to a man who you're like, oh my gosh, my physique proves that I'm strong and I'm well and I'm manly. If you're getting older, it can be seen as, well, I'm just not as sexy as I used to look, right? I'm, I'm getting older. There can be all these fears and things that we put on ourselves with our changing bodies. But I think mostly it has to do with the fear of the failing health and bodily decay. You're looking in the mirror every day and you have to accept that your body isn't permanent. It's not here forever. And that's hard, guys. It's hard to deal with. So I want to get to that in a minute, but I also want to address the fear of emotional aging. And that can be not being okay with your emotional aging, not being okay with changing dreams and plans and goals. Like say you always wanted to be a writer and now you're 40 and your career is totally different and you feel like you're a traitor to your life for giving up on this life goal of being a writer because that was what your life goal was when you were 20. That can be hard too. You can get this sense of existential aging, like oh, I'm, time is running out and I won't ever get to do the things I want to do. You know, when you look in the mirror and you see the physical evidence of your aging, it's like, ah, <laughs> I'm never going to write that bestseller that I thought I was going to do. I'm a failure. My life isn't worth anything. My life isn't doing what I thought it would do. You know? So that can be really scary. It can be scary to think I'm never going to be able to do what I thought I was going to do here. And that can honestly be very depressing and just very difficult to deal with. So both of those, the physical and emotional aging that we go through, why it's so scary and why it's so upsetting, those are kind of the reasons. But what do we do about it? How do we fight it? Most importantly, to combat this in your life is to understand that bodily death is a part of our living. It's inescapable and unavoidable. And we all as individuals and as a human race have to deal with it. 
which is why it's important to make peace with it and know that you and your life are much more than your body. And even your accomplishments as far as your career, but we'll get into that. So regarding the body, regardless of what you may think and believe about spirituality and afterlife or past life or whatever, the unifying truth is that we all leave an impact. At celebrations of life, we don't share about the body of the deceased. We don't discuss much about the person's body, right? We share memories. If they're negative emotions, we might be angry thinking about the times that people hurt us. We're sad because we won't share any more joys or fun times with that person. If it was prolonged sickness or a violent end, we might be angry and have questions or be frustrated with the idea of pain and loss and suffering, and that can have us in kind of an existential crisis. But oftentimes, we are comforted by the thought of the times that the person that passed away offered us love and comfort. We can also be amazed at their acts of service, their acts of valor, their creativity or humanity. And if they had a brilliant career, we might be impressed with their accomplishments and we might be like, wow, they were a great author, songwriter, musician or artist. We might have something that we take away from their lives that's physical. But overall, our lives are not our bodies, but pretty much our actions toward others and our love for others and our acts of kindness and service towards others. So if we're fortunate to have and know love and we're careful to try to live as our best selves, we can leave behind a legacy of love, of happiness, and of amazing stories and adventures. So these things actually go on. So if you're distraught about the idea of failing health and aging and the body you carry through life becoming older and more frail, try to understand what your life is truly comprised of. As far as your accomplishments, if you want to embrace the idea of feeling like you've been fulfilled in your life as far as your accomplishments goes, here's a little reminder checklist to review on a regular basis. Little reminder item number one, don't give up on your dream or stop pursuing your version of happiness. Many notable people in this life accomplished their major achievements in the latter portion of their years. And many artists or authors or writers or singer-songwriters or politicians, all of those people truly don't reach their peak until they're much older than their younger years. So just keep that in mind that it's never too late to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And if you have problems with breaking down your dreams or goals into smaller baby steps, (laughs) I can definitely help with that. I do coaching and part of the coaching is developing an action plan for some of your goals. And you can read all about that on berettafleur.com slash coaching. But the best thing to do is to just don't give up, guys. Don't give up on what you want to achieve and your version of happiness. Don't ever give up. It's never too late. So the second little item on your reminder checklist is don't stop making plans. So you might have to adjust your plans to your physical capabilities, but don't stop making plans and living life. Case in point, my mother is in her mid-70s and she's a wild one, but she has gotten it into her head that she needs to see Scotland before she passes away. She's in pretty good physical health, except for she has a really hard time with mobility. 
So she has mobility issues. And I think it would be very easy for her to just give up and be like, well, I'm not going to be able to go because it's going to be really difficult for me. And then with the pandemic, her trip got canceled and it's been canceled again. And it's still canceled until hopefully fall of this year. But this whole time, she has not stopped making plans, guys. She is all about like, well, when I get there, this is what I'm going to do. And la, 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 la. I'm almost like, mom, are you sure? But she will just not stop making plans and living life. And honestly, I feel like it's less about her actually doing it and more about the fact that she is still participating in life and making plans. She is not letting the mobility issues bring her down. She is not letting a pandemic stop her from being like, one day I'm going to Scotland. (laughs) So we'll see if that happens for her. But meanwhile, it's giving her tons of happiness, tons of stuff to look forward to. She has not stopped making plans. And I think that that's great because she is here until the day she's not. So who's to say that she won't get there? So don't stop making plans, guys. And again, you might have to adjust them to your physical capabilities, but don't stop making plans and living life because that is a huge part of happiness and that is a huge part of being a participant in your life. The third little reminder that I want to leave you with, and this is the final thought of this podcast, is don't become complacent or in despair, which that can be a tough one because sometimes our minds can be our own worst enemy. Sometimes our body chemistries can be our own worst enemy. Fight that feeling of complacency or despair by reaching out to others and looking outward. In episode two of this podcast in season one, Emotions in Crisis, I review what it means to be in deep grief and turmoil. If this is you or if you find yourself just kind of stuck, that episode might help you. But here is kind of a main takeaway from that episode. When you're feeling depressed or in despair or in deep grief and loss, or even if you've become complacent and you just feel like you're treading water through your life and nothing is happening and you're not really living, look outward. Look outward and focus on giving. Focus on simple acts of love and service. And this could be in your family or your circle of friends. It could even be toward your pets or animals. It could be being the loving caretaker of your home or property. But it also could extend into your community or maybe with charities you support. My grandfather, into the last year of his life, delivered Meals on Wheels to other elderly people in his community, people that weren't as mobile as he was or you know, not as financially able to provide for themselves as he was. And I think that was a huge factor and what kept him upbeat and happy and functional to the end of his days, even after we lost our grandmother, his wife passed away, his wife of 50-odd years, and he just was upbeat and a go-getter and fully participating in his life and fully making the most of his life. It was like an orange that he just squeezed every last drop out of, if I could describe the way my grandfather lived his life. And again... That's something that I always remember about him. And that's the legacy of his life that lives on today. He looked outward. My grandfather looked outward. My grandfather performed acts of service and acts of love, which resonated far beyond the reach of his physical presence here on earth. And that can be your story too. 
I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. As always, if you'd found it helpful, please go ahead and give it a five-star review as well as subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. If you want further content, you can find videos, blog posts, and a free coaching assessment on berettafleur.com.